just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. I'm Dom and I've seen 40 episodes of One Tree Hill. I'm Nicole and I've seen, I don't know how many episodes there are, but I've seen them about four times of One Tree Hill. <laughs> Excellent. And tonight's episode for debate is season two, episode 18, The Lonesome Road. Keeping up the appearances. My half brother. My half brother. <laughs> Keeping up with the Joneses. Danny Glover. I'm fooling myself. How you doing, Boozy? I'm fooling myself. Thought I smelled something. Oh, that's skank. And I think it's coming from you. She always backs down. Karen, grow a pet. Tell Lucas he's a little shit. And stick with it. Now you're talking about you, Pooh. I need a doctor. I don't know. He'd be off somewhere battling, wearing a dress. When do you plan to start living? You know, like the person you've become, then do something about it, because no one's going to do it for you. So, my friends, welcome to the High Flyers Club. Ravens, <laughs> Ravens. This is for my mom. Ravens are free. Yeah. One, two, three. Ravens. Ravens. Season two, episode 18 kicks off with Nathan on yet another road trip, this time paying a visit to the less favoured James' sister, Taylor. Bad boy, Nathan makes a momentary return dancing on the bar with Taylor and almost hooking up with his sister-in-law, but not able to go through with it. The morning after, as Nathan is heading off, Taylor has some really vulnerable moments. She leaves him with some great advice about both himself and Haley. Forever the house crasher, Jake Jagelski takes advantage of Nate's absence and camps out at his apartment, trying to hide from the police. He has a meeting with his lawyer and realises his hands are tied. Nikki makes some vicious attacks, telling Jake that Jenny isn't his daughter, but Jake isn't having any of it. He ends up handing himself in, but not before roping Whitey into his scheme, creating yet another accessory to the kidnapping of baby Jenny. Lurkus continues his investigative ways, finding stacks of money and a ledger hidden in the ceiling at the dealership. He goes to Andy, one of his many partners in crime, and they carry out a mission to retrieve the ledger. But when they get there, it's gone. Dan and Lucas then have some very intense conversations laden with metaphors and literary references, and the plot thickens between our pseudo- Sherlock and Professor Moriarty. Meanwhile, Anna is paid a visit by her former girlfriend, Darby, and the word rumours makes a big comeback in the script. However, we have some really important scenes with Anna and Darby, resulting in Anna coming out to her parents. She returns back to her old school in a brave move, where she chooses to be unapologetically proud of who she is. Playing some comedic relief, Bevan holds a cheer intervention slash party for Brooke, when Brooke is meant to be working. This leads to Brooke having her wishes granted to have a real mom in Karen, and she ends up being grounded, stuck with a list of chores to do. Luckily, Lucas is there to save her from mopping the floor with a sponge. Brooke proves she's learnt her lesson, evolving further into mature presidential Brooke Davis. At the end of the episode, Lucas steals some shreddings that may or may not be the ledger. Nathan returns home, deleting a voicemail from Hayley and making the choice that his wedding ring is staying off. And in a prison visitation booth, Payson and Jake tearfully admit that they love one another.
So hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 2, Episode 18, The Lonesome Road. Dom, we are here, but we are not alone. We are joined by Australian legend, the Outback Queen. I'm just making this up as I go. Nicole is here. How's it going? Good, good. How are we going? <laughs> We're going very well. We're literally on the opposite side of the planet. The internet is connecting us. Craziness. You're technically in the future, right? Yeah, that's right. Seven o'clock <laughs> at night, Tuesday evening. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, Firstly and foremost, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. I mean, we've uh, met and been talking through our watch-alongs that, that you've been joining, which we uh, we appreciate, and, you know, through the Patreon and all of that stuff. Um, but let's take it all the way back. One Tree Hill, how did it first enter your life? Uh, and, and, you know, what about it as, you know, giving it that staying power for you? In what, 2003, 2004, they aired a couple episodes on free-to-air um, and then they just took it off. Um, I don't remember it being on, like, terms of, like, more than a couple of episodes. Um, and then it wasn't till maybe a year or so later um, we ended up having to sort of stream it to watch it. Um, so we started watching it on our laptops, we being my sister and I actually had to ask her how this all started because I couldn't remember <laughs> and then she um a couple of years later she bought the dvds from amazon um and then we started watching and we binged as the dvds were released we watched each season um and since then I've just sort of rewatched it a couple of times I kind of find for me I generally get to a certain season and then I'm kind of iffy as to whether I continue. I don't know if that's most people's um, experiences. But I guess for me, when I first watched it, I was probably in my early 20s um, and I really connected to Peyton's character. And I think for me it was, I don't know, she just seemed quite like there was more layers to her, I suppose, um, than what I guess you sort of see to start with. Um, and also her connection sort of to Trick and the music that came with the show has pretty much had a lasting impact um, for me and actually resulted in me discovering one of my favourite bands that I still listen to almost daily now. So probably the musical aspect is probably the part that sort of stuck with me, yeah. Well, who is the band? We have to know who the band is. It's Jimmy Eat World. Okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that that hasn't come in yet, has it? Or it has? No. Oh, here and there, I think they've had one or two songs. Yeah. There's been a there's been a few of their tracks that have popped in, like over yeah. a few episodes here and there. But like yeah. just the standard background kind of music or playing in yeah. the cafe or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, Nicole, was you what you were watching in real time then as they were being released? You said you were getting them on the DVD box set. So, what, like, mm-hmm. you know, what sort of season it was? that you what they were up to airing when you started watching it probably it was probably around 2006 or 2007 so maybe season three or four maybe five yeah that makes sense yeah 
Awesome. And it's, it's, uh, Peyton is a popular choice for people sort of root into the show or who they're identifying with. And, uh, I'm sort of getting that more as, as we're going on and rewatching mm-hmm. it in more, more detail. Um, like especially in this season, like she's one of the best characters, I think, in terms of her development and progression and how mm-hmm. she's supporting the, the characters around her. So, um, yeah, I can see that. That's awesome. Um, and what would you say your favorite season is? Um, probably a toss up between seasons three and probably not so popular, but five. Um, and I don't want to say any more, so I'm just going to say that. <laughs> just <laughs> I, that I don't want to spoil anything because I, I, I hate spoilers myself. So I would hate to say give you a reason why, and I can't tell you why without spoiling it. So yeah. <laughs> I love it when someone throws in a not so popular season as one of their favorite seasons because it because I have this it's not a fear but I have this thing where I uh, I'm almost certain that the season everyone hates will be the one I like the most. <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? Uh, well, firstly, so you say you stop watching at a certain point. So season seven, you stop watching. Uh, Dom knows that. That's okay. We <laughs> we're aware of that. Um, am I right? Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Usually after, yeah, sort of see. It, in terms of like rewatches, I'll usually watch up to a certain point and then I'm like, eh, like I know what happens. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that might upset some people, but meh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, what about what about your top five favourite TV shows of all time, no particular order? Uh, One Tree Hill, um, New Girl. New Girl's great. Uh, Supernatural, probably. I do like the Vampire Diaries. I know, like the last three people have said that, but I, it's just it's it's insane that show, <laughs> in a good way though. Um, oh, there was another one. I so I'm prepared for this question. I can't think of it now. It's kind of like New Girl, but not New Girl. Gilmore Girls? Gossip Girl? Mm. Anything else with girl in the title? Friends? No. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm re-watching Friends at the moment, so I'll probably go with Friends. That's up there, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Simon, you, you definitely need to get on the New Girl. We've had a couple of people on that have said they'd take New Girl. And I think New Girl is brilliant, just for, just for Nick Miller alone. New Girl is is definitely oh, yeah. worth watching. Nick Nick's one and of the Schmidt. characters, and he's is yeah, and Schmidt. They're just honestly. When I, I I first saw someone like a friend of mine was watching it years ago, and I thought I, I could never watch something like that because the only thing I saw was Schmidt on telly, and I thought oh, if it's all going to be like that, I'm just going to lose my mind. But then actually, when you watch like the first couple of episodes, you can't you can't help but absolutely blitz through it. It's it's a really really good series. Yeah. Definitely. It's very funny, very silly sort of humour as well. It's Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll add it to the list. Um, (laughs) And then also on the list, um, Oki, who's one of our listeners from like the very beginning, has been pushing me to watch Supernatural and saying how it's, you know, an amazing show. So uh, Mm -hmm. that's quite long. They have like 16 seasons or something. Yeah, about 15. Yeah, they wrapped up like last year. Yeah, (laughs) and are they full 24 like episode seasons yeah at least 
I can't think. I'm not sure if the last couple of seasons are like that, but I know that at least the first eight are like full 20, 21 episodes. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Okay. It's also on the list. And then mm-hmm. last but not least, what is a bad film that you love? It's not, I don't, I don't even know if it's known, it, it might be known internationally. I'm not sure. Um, I love it. I don't know if, if it's a good film, but I love Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I love that movie. Again, it's okay if you don't know it. It's in a, so it's set in, yeah, it was made in about 94. Um, and it's three, um, essentially three drag queens that decide to take a bus from Sydney up to Ayers Rock to perform. And it sort of just follows their stories um, on their trip. Yeah, it's just one of those movies that I watched when I was little that I knew I wasn't allowed to watch because there's some non-kid-friendly parts in it um, <laughs> that I realised they really edited out the TV version because we taped it. Um, but watching it as an adult, I'm just like, yeah, that I should probably shouldn't have been watching this. Just a bit of drug use and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, again, probably not a very popular movie internationally. <laughs> it, it made it over here as a big stage show over here as well. Oh, uh, yes, that's right. It was a musical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That guy, I, I hadn't, I haven't heard of it, but is, should I be adding it to the list? Is it on worthy of the list? Obviously you love it. <laughs> well, yeah, I like it. I don't know if anyone else would, but I like it. It's got good music. Okay. I'm I'm into it. I'll, I'll I'll give it the five minute rule. That's what me and my wife always say. <laughs> Put it on for five. If we're not into it after five minutes, then it's back to the Netflix main menu. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five minutes is a song. So yeah. It, it, yeah. Fair enough. You might not go past the song, but that's okay. It's not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, I like a lot of bad movies, so I will probably love it. So. <laughs> well. We're we're deep into season two. Um, we're mm. coming to a almost a close on season two, Dom. Um, I mean, how just how are you feeling about the season so far in comparison to season one? I actually like the relationship with the characters is is actually very different from season one to season two. It's just the everyone's world has has changed massively and quite drastically. So I'm kind of quite looking forward to the progression of season three, if that makes sense. Cause I, I kind of want to get there and go, okay, if they've, if they've changed so much from, from point A to point B, what's point C looking like? Um, and I mean, just, just the fact that Nathan and Lucas are, are sort of friends and seeing each other as brothers, which, you know, at the beginning of season one just seemed completely impossible. And, you know, Lucas living in Dan's house, uh, Peyton and Jake being a thing, Brooke, you know, living at Karen's, it's just everything's changed Keith has just gone on some sort of crazy rampage we didn't see him in this episode sadly but you know it's just it's just so different it really really is and and like we were saying about Peyton at the beginning Peyton was wasn't a favorite of ours in season one and I think it I think you need a season to to get to know her like that season and a bit that little bit extra to go okay this is kind of what she's about really this makes sense once we've chipped away at that hard exterior because because season one it was just sarcasm and everything was a front with Peyton 
and then season two it's okay this is the this is real life this is this is kind of how she's feeling so we had all like the emotions and driving through, through traffic lights and things like that and and this is you know the point where she's like real Peyton and that's that's kind of the, the change that I've enjoyed the most and like Simon said as well she has become like one of the better characters and is the is one of the best characters of the season and is that how you feel about it as well, Nicole? Or how do you see like the differences between season one and season two? I think when you take out the like the basketball um, element, that gives a lot more time to focus on the relationships, and yeah, a lot like yeah, I agree with Dom. It, it's given more focus on like you know Lucas and Nathan as brothers rather than just rivals or, or enemies, um, and also it's really nice to see sort of. Peyton and Jake like like I love them as a couple um but it's sort of nice to see that other side of Peyton too which I think you've also mentioned before always comes out when her dad seems to be there too um so I I think it's interesting also the dynamic of having Lucas um with Dan like living with Dan um and I guess and also with Nathan um I guess particularly, but I won't go into it too much for this episode, but just you kind of see little bits and maybe the old Nathan, but at the same time you can still see the growth there as well. So, yeah, it's definitely sort of a good sort of progression from season one for all of them. And just just Brooke sort of being like, hold on, there's like I, I have someone that's like a parental figure. Um, that's kind of nice as well and how she responds to that. It's, it's good to watch yeah completely and this uh it's gonna it's gonna be an odd comparison but i can start making these comparisons now because i'm into that world but uh nicole have you ever watched dawson's creek i watched the first episode and that's it and turned it off did you do the five minute rule no i actually bought the dvd this was a while ago um (laughs) i bought the dvd and i just thought oh this just reminds me of one tree hill this seems predictable so i turned it off oh sorry that's really critical (laughs) sorry no no well i know i know dom hasn't hasn't seen it so um but i am without giving anything away anyway the the reason that I bring it up is because mm. in season two of One Tree Hill, like you said, there is no basketball. And when there's no basketball, it therefore has it has more in common with Dawson's Creek. Though the tone is different, mm. but Dawson's Creek doesn't have that uh hook of what it's centered around in terms of like a sport that that mm. that, that everything's centered around. The game is on Friday and it's the build up to the game. We don't have any of that. Um mm. so it's more about the yeah, the love dramas and and the other things. Um, I would say Dawson's Creek is a great show. I've just finished season one and I love it. I okay. think uh, I've really recommend it <clears throat> to anybody that, you know, enjoys One Tree Hill. I'm sure that they'll enjoy Dawson's Creek. And there's a lot of people that prefer it uh, to One Tree Hill, mm-hmm. a, a bit more nostalgic to it. Um, obviously, I would never be bold enough to make a claim like that and i'm only one season in but i certainly am enjoying it no one tree hill will ever have my heart i've said that i love one tree hill about six over 60 times it must be at the start of each one of these podcasts um but yeah it's interesting that uh when you take the basketball out you do it is just more of the bare bones of the the relationships um i do miss the basketball 
because it's nice to have that uh energy and and translating the story and telling it through sports as well dom yeah well yeah the the sporting element i think it was was really important for season one and it 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 is certainly lacking for season two because you you don't have that sort of competitive edge and that and that was kind of the the main rivalry between Lucas and Nathan was built on that and then them being forced to be a team and work together that was you know the whole point of Whitey kicking off, kicking them off the coach you know off the bus that time and making them walk home and it, it's all about bringing them together now we've already got to season two and they're like quite chummy and friendly although we've had a few episodes of um kind of you know like I've been saying Dan's going to try and split them up and divide them but luckily they they got you know put in that uh sort of jail cell for the evening and kind of sorted things out between them so I think they'll probably still be quite friendly um or they're back to sort of being friendly again where's that competitive edge gonna lie are we gonna focus on one team in particular that they have to really go for and they're the ones to beat to get the championship, you know, or to get to playoffs. I I don't really, I have no idea Uh, that competitive edge really made season one. And that's, that isn't in season two. So where, where do we go in season three? That's, that's what I'm most curious about. Not long to wait, not long (laughs) to wait at all. Well, Nicole, uh, which character would you like to start with for this episode breakdown? Uh, let's start with Nathan. Okay. Where does Nathan start in this one? Uh, on the lonesome road, I believe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so he's in the car. (laughs) Um, so he's in the car, uh, driving back from seeing Hayley, um, and wedding rings off and he calls Taylor or Taylor calls him. She She calls him, I think. That's right. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And I think she asks him what's in something, something about a gin and tonic. I think that's what she says to him. I can't quite remember. Um, and yeah, then she tells him where, where she is, that she's at the swinging donkey. <laughs> I think the bar's called. Um, and he, she, he then says where he is and she obviously knows that he's gone after Haley to see Haley, um, but she's not sitting next to him um, in the car. And then I think that song starts and she's got to go. And then we hang up. Yeah. And I, we have to talk about what the actual point of her phone call was, right? Because, I mean, skipping way ahead and we'll, you know, fill in the blanks as we go. But she said that she was calling him to help him or to, you know, help him see the light or whatever. Is that what we really believe she was calling for? Like, I've never really understood what the purpose was. Like, how did she think that pretending like she was going to sleep with her sister's husband would be actually helping him to, you know, see the light? from the beginning at the phone call I, I kind of thought it was a uh, I spoke because she mentions it a couple of times she says oh, I spoke to Haley last night and then gets interrupted and has to go off and dance on the bar and stuff like that um but I, I thought it was a uh, okay Haley's asked me to phone you so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and talk you around well I've just spoken to Haley, so maybe I can help out a little bit more um and try and you know 
resolve things a little bit or make things a little bit clearer for you or tell you how she feels because she's not getting through to you because you're you're not answering um your phone to her now and you're not responding to messages so this is this is what she said that's uh, that's what i thought the initial phone call was for but it did just appear to be yeah come around (laughs) 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 house is free you know what i mean (laughs) what do you think nicole I like maybe because I like to see the best in everybody, <laughs> um, but <laughs> I I wonder if it was almost a bit like well, I'm not great at like the emotional stuff, so how about I let him cool like kind of take the edge off, um, make sure he's okay, be able to check in in a kind of fun sort of light kind of way. Um, I mean, I think from like as soon as she's they as soon as they're on screen together, it's very clear there's that that flirtation and sort of suggestive sort of comments. Like you could read into it one way or another. But I kind of wonder if it was partly I don't know if it was like a, a, to test him or to make in a some weird reverse sort of psychological way, make him realize what he actually really does want and being Haley, not her. I it it seemed like a bit of a mind game in some ways but also maybe she was genuinely just trying to check in and make sure he was okay in without actually having a heart to heart or too much of a heart to heart with him. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah. I think that's definitely what the the writing is trying to suggest mm. and put forward. I just think that it was a little bit weak in, in its approach. Like I think they could have done more to have alerted us to that, beforehand like rather than like there was too much focus on the like the way she was like trying to kiss him when they go upstairs Mm. was like this is not this is about to be like incredibly sexualized um and it was almost like she was like being like you know like the greyhounds when they're like let out of the cage to start off the running track because like that was about like (laughs) yeah (laughs) She was going to eat him alive. Um, oh yeah! <laughs> and I, I just wonder, like, how far she would have allowed it to have gone if he had let it happen, you know? And then, at what point is actually now you've created a whole new problem because you've slept mm-hmm. with or started to seduce or whatever your sister's husband? So I just think that, and I think we're being manipulated as an audience to like Dom always says to think that Nathan's going to do it and he's going to mm-hmm. cross the line and then he, he doesn't, but yeah, I mean, and that's, can we talk about the coyote ugly side of things? Um, firstly, I've never seen that movie, but know that that's what it's about. Have you guys seen it? You love yeah. Leanne Rhymes so much. Is she in that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's in it. Yeah. Then it's her song awesome. is. Oh, her songs like her song like massively features in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like the main part of the film. <laughs> sold. I'm sold. There you go. <laughs> if anyone's listened to our Con Air episode on <laughs> on Mighty Nineties, you'll understand Simon's Simon's love for Leanne Rhymes and some fantastic singing as well. It's <laughs> what we do here. It's what we do. Well, have, have you seen it, Dom? Uh yeah, yeah, a couple of times. It's got Adam Garcia in it, isn't it? Okay. And did you like it? He's Australian, I think. Is he Australian? Yeah, he is. Yeah. There you go. That's that's the only Adam Garcia information I have. (laughs) 
it's it's all right it's not a film for me it's not it's not aimed at me or my market so yeah it was it's okay as as a as a film but it's it's not it doesn't interest me (laughs) nicole have you seen it yeah i've i've seen it maybe once or twice yeah and was it was it marketed to you were you you interested in it well i mean like cute boy in the lead yeah dancing love story yeah probably yeah (laughs) marketed to me i watched it more than once and for longer than five minutes so that they're pretty good signs this this episode of one tree hill and nathan's episode in particular was like a a 30 minute version of coyote ugly (laughs) it was (laughs) <laughs> well this is this is kind of random but um for work so we we uh what what i do for a living we at one point we were selling franchises of what we were doing to expand the business into other areas and i was at a franchise show in in london where it's like sort of like an expo where you've got all the big franchise companies and uh sort of learning how to do it so like mcdonald's were there and subway were there and all these places and sort of seeing how they how they do it and at the show there was a coyote ugly bar franchise so you could buy a franchise of it and they will set you up the uh, a bar with and i don't know with women that dance on it i guess but in the in the expo exposition where i was walking around there was just a couple women just dancing on this bar (laughs) so that must be a thing there must be actual like branded coyote ugly bars out there so my question is would you both frequent one if you were walking past the street would you would that draw you in Uh, (laughs) i don't think so but you know i'll I'll try anything once (laughs) (laughs) there you go and how awkward was nathan when he got pulled up onto the bar (laughs) extremely uh, yes <laughs> yeah. he could have made more out of the hat couldn't he and done a bit more with the hat that might have made him a bit more comfortable um but he just gave it away quite quickly didn't he put it on taylor's head he didn't know what to do with his hands either he kind of was just like the, like like a <laughs> doctor was about to operate and waiting for someone to scrub up he just didn't know what to do with them <laughs> just gonna hold these here <laughs> yeah he had no yeah. real rhythm did he no real rhythm yeah. I mean, I can't dance either, uh, so I wouldn't know what to do either. But uh, yeah, but maybe that's what you do. You just hold your hands up in, and just hope for the best. Yeah, just play it safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of ends with um, the, the Nathan like, sleeps it off and then the next morning he's, he's leaving and they're they're talking outside before uh, as he's getting into the car and there was a really good line in there which i thought was was really good where she said try not to go dancing on any bars and he said i won't if you won't and that was like a that was like a really nice moment it kind of came out of left field it was like this moment doesn't deserve to come from this (laughs) but it's happened (laughs) and i like it it was kind of unearned but then it was there great i mean he basically called her a bit of a prostitute at one point and then <laughs> decided to say oh no actually you know if you if you stop doing silly things i'll stop doing silly things it, it was a good connection at the end i'm fascinated by nathan's car 
I just like his car. He's got like an old, I want to say it's a Civic. I'm not sure it is, but it's just an old school Honda. It's a lovely car. I think it is a Civic because that's the one that uh, him and Keith fixed up, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. With the broken tape deck, the holiday. (laughs) It's the best one. (laughs) That would be a great prop. Like if that exists in a warehouse somewhere, that whole car, that would be great. Must be somewhere. I might, you know, never know. It might be crushed by now. But if someone has got that, that'd be brilliant. Just find that car. Left hand drive at all? <laughs> yeah. Well, have that. <laughs> that. I mean, it's kind of like they're connecting yeah. over. They've connected, and I think they both connect over being seen as like potentially like a bad kid kind of thing then she's saying that she's been labeled and he hasn't been labeled yet even though what are we to think she's like three years older than him maybe something like that yeah i think she's supposed to be in college at least first year or second year maybe yeah yeah um it was sort of interesting because like it's almost like she like he said like are you sort of like a guardian angel or something like you sort of try to guide me and tell me you know actually I've been labeled but you haven't so you still have time whereas I sort of thought well so do you like yeah you're not like you're not at the end of your life life yet like you do you can make a change and like that probably goes back to what you said that line when you're like well no you don't neither do you or sorry not neither do you but don't dance on any tables and he says the same thing back to her um yeah it it was a weird if I'm allowed to say it's just a weird dynamic like it was just it was a lot of chopping and changing between them um like that weird sort of sexual tension flirtatious temptation almost gonna kiss him to yeah basically like Don said calling essentially calling her prostitute um and then I think he you can sort of see on his face I think he instantly sort of regretted it too as soon as he said it um he realized what he'd said um but and then to her sort of almost giving him some words of wisdom and one of um the things that she said was actually one of my favorite lines um when she said you know about Haley, if she's not going to be there for you you've got to be there for yourself and I actually really really liked that line I thought that was um was a nice sort of you know you've done all you can now it's sort of time to sort of pick up the pieces and try to move forward I like what you said there about there being like that back and forth because it really was it was it was her like playing a game then him playing the game and then her again and it just it did flick between the two of them because it was actually Nathan that says if I get the ball in the basket we're going upstairs and she said what if you don't and then he just lobs it straight in so it's like it's a no-brainer he wanted to do that and then when they get upstairs it flips again it, you know and it's just it was pretty continuous throughout their storyline it's really good that you've you've mentioned that and i i uh, heard a really great quote from wentworth miller he plays uh michael schofield in prison break did you ever watch prison break nicole i have yes did you absolutely love it i only want to hear one answer yes i don't believe that was the actual truth (laughs) so now i'm willing to hear your actual answer well what i wanted to say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was I found it really intense but so it's hard to like it, it's a lot but I but I do like it yes it's kind but of it's like not worth Miller so right <laughs> he is 
he is a beautiful man he is kind of the, he is just the carved out of marble but um he uh, there was a quote from him because he's incredibly articulate uh if you like i'm kind of obsessed with him in like a chad michael murray way he's 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 up there uh, but he had this great quote where he was saying it was about mental health and he said, if you spoke to your friends the way that you speak to yourself in your head, like if you make a mistake or mess something up, like the way that we treat ourselves internally, if I was to treat Dom like that, he wouldn't be my friend because you, we speak, we quite often anyway, people speak so harshly to themselves um, and you have to learn to be your own best friend and take care of yourself. And that I think, yeah, that kind of ties into what, uh taylor was saying to nathan so everyone be their own best friend out here okay be be kind to yourself all right is uh the final part there with nathan is he goes home there's a voicemail on the answering machine from Haley, and he just deletes it and then puts the wedding ring down and that kind of ends nathan is there anything else you'd like to say or comment on nathan and taylor's storyline um, let's see just checking my notes far at nights um, i love it <laughs> it's an exercise no, book of notes I, I, not... <laughs> it is i would just yeah no no i think that i think we've covered everything cool okay. and uh dom do you have a prediction uh, i'm, I'm kind of hoping taylor's sort of done for the season I think she again. I think she's one of these people that will crop in and out on certain episodes. It's possible that she'll appear in the next one, saying I, I had nowhere to go, and she'll end up living with Nathan because he's, you know, he's got the space. I don't want there to be that relationship with them. I still hold um, high hopes for uh, Nayli to to be a thing. I actually think that will um, eventually come back, and that there'll be. They'll, they'll sort things out and they'll be like a happy little married couple again. I think that is on the cards, but you know, you know, this sort of turmoil and stuff, Nathan's probably in this world of, you know, sowing his wild oats, shall we say? Um, and, uh, you know, if Taylor ends up being involved in the next episode, I think it will be her, but I'm not too sure. But yeah, I think I, I definitely think that the path for Nathan and Haley is they will get back to, to where they were. We will find out, slash, me and Nicole already know. So, <laughs> Nicole, who would you like to go to next? Uh, let's go to um, Anna next. Oh, Anna. Anna, mm. Anna, on this watch, and this is like my fifth or sixth, I can't remember now. And I watched all of the, like Dom, I watched them all twice just to really be firm. And I have to watch them twice because... When we watch them with everyone on the live watch along, that's like a week before we record. So like, like have to watch it again. Um, Cause I've already absorbed like six Dawson's Creek episodes by then <laughs> at this point. So <laughs> oh, on this watch, Anna has really become one of my favorites. I, I really enjoy her journey. Like it's a difficult storyline, but I enjoy the way that, she handles things and and obviously she exits in this episode which we'll discuss 
but it was a great exit it was it was really good i i'm i am sad that i didn't reach out to the actress that played darby because um i saw this morning she had less than five thousand followers on instagram and i always <laughs> say to dom that's our ballpark that, we, that could have happened <laughs> uh, I, I re-watched it this morning if i'd like re-watched it yesterday then i probably i would have reached out and if she would have uh, that it could have happened but uh I, I what i'll do is i will reach out to her and if she wants to come on just to like even just have like a 20 minute conversation then i'll let you know nicole and then come back and we'll uh mm. and we'll do it because i think she would be well, an interesting one to have on right yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah I, I dropped the ball on that one guys my bad <laughs> <laughs> Don't be silly. that's but, okay thank you forgiveness is <laughs> is kindness so uh dom tell us about anna like where did she start where did she go that's it darby sort of appears at her door doesn't she um that's kind of where anna starts so darby's knocking on the door she opens the door and she's like <gasps> a bit shocked to see her and darby's like i've got your email and and my instant kind of feeling towards that was she's emailed darby to say i've kind of I've told a few people I'm I'm feeling a bit more comfortable with it. I did this this video in this time capsule and I I went and changed my entry to say, you know, how I really feel and kind of you know what my preferences are <laughs> as it were. Um and I, I I it's almost like that was a call to action for Derby to like turn up and be like, "Oh, okay, we can be together then." That's that's how I was reading this this situation, this scenario and it, it then became a I haven't told my parents so you can't really be here because they know about the rumors and the reason we moved away and we we find more uh out about Anna and you, you know that it was it was her that wanted to move away um and kind of the reasons why and the rumors were getting a bit too much they weren't necessarily all rumors so it's we we've you know she wanted to distance herself from that to try and feel what she was perceiving as normal um which actually her normal is you know all her feelings and liking Derby and so on and so forth so um it, it she does have a nice path I think and she does progress into a into a better character with a, a with a decent storyline but it's kind of good that we've got to this point and it's almost like a happy ending for Anna and how do you feel about Anna and Nicole yeah I I agree with um I agree with Dom I I think it was kind of nice to have sort of Darby um sort of you know rock up on a doorstep and be like hey because <laughs> I think it almost sort of forced sort of Anna to confront a lot of things that she's probably she knows that she's had to like she has to sort of I guess deal with or to process or to tell sort of to come out to her parents um but it sort of forced it but like in a supportive way if that makes sense it was almost like Darby was that final little push that she needed to be like you know what I did it and it's okay um of course like it's had its you know my parents reacted the way they have but you know they still they still love me as she says you know that's what that's what the outcome was for her and I think sometimes when you're really afraid of doing something sometimes hearing someone else's experience can really kind of like okay so it's not as bad as I'm thinking it's going to be in my head um and I feel like that was sort of Darby's purpose or at least role in this episode um I will say think and it wasn't till 
I last watched it because I did watch it just before um, I jumped on to the Zoom. Um, I did also pick up in this watch sort of when they were saying goodbye, like what what Don was saying when she showed up, just sort of the way sort of Darby was looking at Anna. So it was almost like that, like, are we going to hug? And then when they hugged, it was like it was clear that Darby still did have feelings for her as well, which... I'm like, oh, I have watched this countless times and never picked that up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see it at first, but I thought that was kind of nice as well. That even though she had to leave because, I guess, it was kind of beyond her control, um, like leave boarding school, she's, it didn't change the way she felt for her. Yeah. I think there's that's a really good point that you picked up. It's almost like Anna turns away slightly from the with mm-hmm. like the little kiss at the end. She turns away from Darby, so it's like, yeah, a, yeah I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kiss you like that in my parents' house, and they might see. And mm-hmm. it, it was still that tension. And I think Darby has the most important message of all in this in this episode, and it's you know probably of, of quite a few episodes as well. And it's actually um, there's a number of points that she makes is that I've I've come out and I'm honest with who I am and I'm uh, I'm telling everyone else who I am because I'm happy with who I am that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the first point and her second point is actually if they don't like it yeah they've, they people have stopped talking to me or have stopped hanging out with me but that just shows they, they're not really my friends so I know who my friends are now and that's kind of like mm-hmm. the second really important point and and that's exactly like you said Nicole that nudge to Anna to say you just got to do it to yourself in the mirror however many times you know talk to yourself for, for 20 minutes and if you're happy telling yourself then go and tell your family and that, mm. uh, that's I think that was like the most important message of the of the whole episode really definitely and I kind of feel like that also reflects um it's reflective of like the theme overall of the show like kind of the theme song set so like like they just want you I just want to be me like you know yeah. it's all sort of that that identity and I guess, like you said, sort of being comfortable once Darby was comfortable with who she was. It didn't matter if people didn't accept all the friends that she thought she had didn't accept her because she's like, well, I know who I am. And so I know that I don't, I kind of don't necessarily need you if you're not going to be accepting of who I am as well. And there's so much, there was so much fear. I'm sure there's fear still today and, and, you know, all of the time even particularly even just back then and obviously going further back and further back but so much fear of um like ridicule and uh distance and well that's homophobia um you know like even it always sticks in my mind because of a a moment that happened to me which I told in the podcast but you know you're disgusting you're this you're that and it's like uh it's just horrific ways to treat people and like trying to face that and be uh, and express yourself and be true to uh who you are that's so difficult and for anybody of any age but you know in particular like a young person that's uh you know just sort of finding themselves so i think i've never really i have i've always appreciated the storyline but i've never appreciated it as much as i have on this watch and maybe that's maybe more to do with my age now or the fact that we're looking at it in this more detail or or connecting to that storyline um you know personally as well um and there's um quite a few people have reached out that uh, are part of the lgbtq plus community and have 
uh, voiced how this was impactful. And um, some people have even said that this helped them uh, feel more confident or inspired them to, to come out publicly or, you know, to their family or to their friends. And I really enjoyed the way that it was shot. I thought the, the, the way it switched from her in the mirror to sort of transitioning to her being talking to her parents, but her parents are in the background. Uh, so we're still focused on her. I thought that was um, like really artistically done. And it kind of wrapped her story up perfectly. Um, like you can't help but feel this like sense of pride for her, you know, like proud of her for doing it. Mm. Yeah, I'm starting to make a, a very quick point about when she drives away, though. She drives away in this massive, very expensive car, and she's probably like just got her license to drive. So she's 16, 17. When I was that age, my first car was a tiny Nissan Micra from, <laughs> that was like really, really old. It was from 1994 or something like that, you know, which I absolutely love that car. If I could have that car now, I definitely would. But why is she why is she getting to drive away in this like it's basically a Humvee? <laughs> I think um a few episodes before, I think um Felix says their parents are like doctors without borders or something. So I think they're supposed to be pretty well off. But yeah, I agree. I'm like, no, no, your first car should be like some little not shit box, but basically like something <laughs> that you're not gonna be afraid to like crash or scratch or run into a pole when you're trying to reverse park because you crap at it you know like it shouldn't be something beautiful like that exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. but, to be, but to be fair remember what brooke's house looked like mm. like before she moved he has that they felix and anna lived in the house next door so we have to assume that the house next door is you know similar size and whatever to that house so they must be, you know, really well off. And he had uh, Felix was driving a convertible, right? When they were doing like the the race <laughs> with Dan and Lucas. So I think maybe we're meant to believe that the parents kind of like buy them off a little bit because they're not around, you know, and yeah. putting Anna in a boarding school. And that's not to say that all parents are trying to just ditch their children with boarding school. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it feels that way to me. But <laughs> I'm sure there are benefits to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what said benefits are because <laughs> all you hear is horrific things about boarding schools, right? Like I can't think of any, what is the positive in a, bo- in a boarding school? It's all about the military school for me. Get them in military <laughs> school. <laughs> Send them off there. Sort them out. Get them, set them, set them on the on a good path and give him a gun. <laughs> that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sort of make them as unstable as possible and then give them firearms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, let's, let's have them resenting their parents for sending them away to a school they didn't want to go to and then give them a gun. <laughs> Well, it's, I'm sure it's definitely unique to each person, you know, and people yes. in different ways. I, I guess it's from my own experience. Like when I went to uh, college, university, do you call it university or college out there? Uh, university. Okay. Well, yeah, university. I um, It was like a way, you know, like it was only like an hour, hour's drive from, from where I live or where dom and i live we share we share a county but uh <laughs> i i came home every weekend 
every weekend and if i wasn't like doing something away i'd just come home because you know i like my own bedroom i like my own bed i like the comfort of you know mum and dad are downstairs with a packed yeah. kitchen and you know all of them home comforts or do i want to go into a horrible messy not very nice like you know dorm room or boarding thing it just it was never really for me. So it's like boarding school would be like hell for me because, mm. you know, I, I like my own space and my own things, but I also know that other people aren't like me and they're mm. normal and stable probably. So when I, when I was at uni, I, I barely came home. I must've, I came home for Christmas and then I must've come home. Like I came home at the, ho- at the main holiday. So Easter, Christmas, mm. and then I must've come home maybe two or three weekends of the of the year the rest of it i was i was at uni again i loved it i loved being there sorry sorry i was just gonna ask so in the uk is it pretty normal for you to go away for uni like to sort of to stay to board if you choose to um so that's pretty normal similar to the us yeah that's that's quite normal yeah okay you know, what's interesting just thinking about that now as well is uh i've said this a million times but in the summers from uni i used to i work in these summer camps or in the in a summer camp in america and that was obviously mm. boarding because i wasn't coming home to the uk at the weekends um, and we were living in like open air cabins like um and i loved it like i we, we were there for like four months straight and it was the best. Um, so I guess some of it is also the setting, you know, it's like, uh, um, and sort of what you're doing. So I'm sure that if mm. you're, I think it, it's all unique experiences and, and, and time of your life and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, but she is going back to boarding school because she's got a point to prove and she wants to be comfortable with herself. And, you know, I, I love that. I think it's kind of the perfect mm-hmm. ending to her story and then another bit i just want to touch on before we leave her is i really enjoyed the scene of um anna introducing darby to lucas and it just goes to show how good of a character lucas is i've decided that i've had enough i have had enough of this bullshit of people say saying that he is not a good character it's trash people sort it out i've been so civil to people online and i've taken all of your shit enough enough fuck off and i'm joking it's too far it's too dumb i went too far i went too far oh god he's gone too far (laughs) keep going (laughs) (laughs) unsubscribe unsubscribe (laughs) unsubscribe (laughs) no i'm joking i you know we appreciate everybody's opinions even if they're not right no we appreciate what everyone's got to say i get it and i get where people can have their issues with him of course love triangle season one terrible get all of that but he has got to be the most well-intentioned character in this show like um, the people could make arguments karen and other ways sure but of like the younger characters he was so he's so good to Anna the whole way through. And he was so nice, you know, oh, this is the Derby I've heard so much about. And, you know, it just so he's just so good with everything, the way that he is with Peyton in this episode as well, and Jake and, you know, helping all of that stuff. 
he's just a good, well-hearted guy. And people need to give him some more love, I think. Nicole, what what is your thoughts on Lucas? I think um, Lucas this season is a lot easier to like compared to the first season. And I think it's because he's also seems to be taking the time to actually try to be a better person. Like he's like seems to be making a conscious effort and he's got that awareness, which I think is pretty rare in adolescence in terms of like how you're treating others um, and the decisions you make and how it affects other people. So I think he's a lot easier to like in this season, definitely. Um, and like you mentioned in this episode, um, like he sort of kind of like, like you know, he's with Peyton and helping her out with Anna, um, Andy as well, sort of he's kind of floating um, and doing his bit and he's got that ongoing kind of whatever, like little what he's trying to do with Dan. Um, so, yeah, I think he at times has shown that he sort of can be that like moral compass. Um, at least in this season so far. Yeah, I agree. I definitely yeah. don't dislike him <laughs> this season. There's there's a really good moment in this in this episode where I can't remember who it is. It might be Jake. Jake says to him something like, oh, can you thank him for me? Or can you tell him I say hey? Or something like that. A bit probably with regard to Nathan letting them stay at the at the apartment. And when Lucas says, yeah, you believe it. You believe that he'll pass that message on. You know, it is very <laughs> believable and that he, he will hold that in some sort of regard and, and mention it and mm. bring it up. And, and exactly like Simon, exactly like you mentioned, you know, a number of times is that he's the one that you would happily give information to and tell stuff. Mm. And if you said, don't tell anyone else, he wouldn't, he'd, he'd just keep it to himself. And he's very trusting and believable that way. You can believe that he is very trusting type and it is very well done. So I w- I'd have to agree with you there, Simon. I don't, we don't often agree on these things, but yeah. <laughs> finally finally <laughs> now put your mask on put your michael moe mask on i think i'm the only one that doesn't have one no i have it for you here you got me on there you put it on i i have two i have one of them is for you uh, i think one of them you should give me two one of your face and one of chad's face <laughs> that's okay which is the same thing really <laughs> Is it Nicole? Are you comfortable for me to do the rest of the podcast like this? No, because I keep laughing. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's me behind the mask. Oh my God! Is it okay? Can I take a picture of me behind the mask? excellent well seriously if people don't have i'll just leave it there is that all right on the top of my head that's fine i'll i'll laugh a little less with it on top of your head (laughs) i like the feeling of having chad just there just whenever i need him hey chad you know just slips down (laughs) we need to buy more of these they're gold i'm bringing this to 2025 and i'm to you know and i'm hoping that he's at at that one and i'm just gonna come up from my photo op with him and go let's take the picture (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it would be memorable for him right he'd he'd be like hey there was some crazy guy (laughs) i think he had a british accent he had a mask of my face Uh, and he already looked like me. I don't know why he had the mask. There we go. There we go. Nicole, you see it, right? It could be my brother, my half brother. 
half brother, no, definitely. Listen, if Nathan can be the half brother, you definitely can be. I'm. I surely look more like his half brother than yeah. Nathan does. Got the same similar features. Hair. I can't mm-hmm. see your eyes, but I'm sure they're pretty close. <laughs> but, <laughs> there's some in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> older I get, the more wrinkled up my face gets, the more sunken my eyes go to the point that they're just they're there. They were there. I think I can see. I thought it's just because you had the same squint as Chad Michael Murray. That's why we couldn't see your eyes. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's, I just do it. It's a brotherly thing. Definitely <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, this podcast. <laughs> this podcast. Are you coming in episodes? <laughs> Are you coming in 2025, Nicole? I think I asked you on the watch. Yeah, I would love to come. I've always wanted to go to a convention, but always felt a little bit silly because I just no one else I know would go. Um, or always as passionate about One Tree Hill, but I'm glad I've kind of found my people. So yeah. um, I'd love to go. Yeah. That's a great way of saying it. You found your people. That's it. Mm-hmm. We're we're all we're your people. You're our people. Well, I'm organising, right? So you'd be the third Australian that we've got going. So I'm trying to hope. Uh, so Sophie, Cat, and you. I, I, let me arrange it for you. I'll get a spreadsheet going. You guys meet in somewhere in Australia. <laughs> You can get on the same, you know, it's a small, it's a small place. Uh, Just if you meet slap bang in the middle of Australia, right? Yeah. The weather's good there, isn't it? I'd just like to say, actually, just while we're on the subject of of Australia, I have to, I have to applaud um, your commitment to this, Nicole, and, and to our, our our, our other Aussie friends, um, like Kat and Sophie, because you guys... Uh, we do our watch-alongs on a Wednesday night and it, well, it's Wednesday night for us so it's, it's 11 p.m and we do that predominantly so that a lot of the people from the U.S. can join because it'll be like four or five in the afternoon for them but you guys you make it and it's like six in the morning for you and you're up and you're watching along with us and you're chatting away and you're contributing and it's it's brilliant I have to applaud your your commitment to it and the fact that you join us and we we love it and we we're so grateful to have you guys join in so a little a little mid-podcast thank you from me to you guys oh well on behalf of me and my other two australians <laughs> you're welcome and also thank you because it's it's I don't, it's it's kind of cool like it's it's nice and it kind of sometimes it sort of makes my week because it's just a nice way to break up things and mm. i mean i much prefer it when it's not daylight savings because i do get an extra hour of sleep um <laughs> But it's it's worth it. It's worth just to sort of hear the commentary to see your reactions, Dom. They're great. Um, so yeah, no, please. I want to say thank you for illegally streaming it, so we can. Watch it <laughs> oh, I might have to cut that bit out. <laughs> Sorry, I've stopped saying words like illegal. Um, so... <laughs> I reckon we leave it in. No, fuck it. <laughs> there's there's a lot. I mean, even uh, I read the, the prologue. Were you were you in there for the prologue of the book reading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. Even when I was reading that, like people were questioning the legalities of this, and I was thinking, well. <laughs> I don't think they're going to release an audio version of this book. And I'm pretty sure Chad Michael Murray's not going to narrate it. So the closest thing we could get is his half brother on a podcast doing it, right? Yeah. That yeah. can't read Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably didn't have to shout, fuck the police quite so much, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worth it. Um, 
I did have a thought that I just wanted to share just um, when we're talking about Anna, just, just before I forget. And it's almost like a mini rant. I don't know why it's bothered me a lot, but when he, she was on the doorstep with Lucas um, and she's like, oh, you know, like I'll, can you let Peyton know that I'm I'm leaving? You know, she's got so much going on. I'm, I better not like go over there, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, she she does. She's She's got a lot going on right now. But I kind of feel that she was just as sort of supportive and she was a really good friend to you just as much as Lucas was. So I don't know why, but it just, it bothered me that she didn't see her. I know it's like the smallest thing, but I'm just like, come on. Like she, she, she had Dyke on her locker. <laughs> like, you know, she, yeah. she stood up for you and people like, like you and you kind of say bye. I don't know. Just, just a little, little rant. Sorry, feel free to come it, it was yeah. that moment. It was it was her saying to Peyton. It was her saying, "Can you tell Peyton mm-hmm. I say goodbye?" It was that moment where I was like, "I believe Chad here. I believe Lucas will tell her." Uh, that was that was the <laughs> bit I was I was thinking of. I couldn't remember it. Oh, okay, yeah. Thanks for jogging like, my memory. <laughs> more like, don't you, why can't you do it yourself? Yeah. You're not in that much of a hurry. Come on, just ping her a text. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the good times. I'm off. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, I, I fully agree. I thought that as well. And like, yeah, Peyton took some bullets for her, really, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, mm-hmm. But I think that I always put, I'd put that down to, oh, they just didn't have time to film that mm-hmm. another scene for the episode. Yeah. And that really, she would have gone and done that and, and said something. Yeah. But yeah, you're totally right. Um, Like, it, yeah as impactful i think the relationship with lucas was nice because it was started as a romantic thing and then just blended mm-hmm. into them being really good friends and with the Peyton side of things she had romantic feelings and it got all muddled and and mm. got you know a bit mean at times and but yeah she definitely deserved to have uh, a, a send-off because i think Peyton would have would have been really good about it as well you know mm-hmm. like she would have I think appreciate that it would have been nice to tie that up so yeah Mm. I fully agree Mm -hmm. well where should we go to next should we do Lucas since we've already been started talking about him love Lucas (laughs) (laughs) you know I, I, I get just to flip it over just quickly I love Dawson as well, and uh, people have been saying that I have a type because he's very, <laughs> he's very Lucas-like. Like he's sort of uh, sensitive, and uh, he's not really broody, but he's kind of uh, uh, he reads and he's like articulate. And does he read? I might have just made that up, but he's like it's he's very he's very similar. Um, does he read? <laughs> I almost said, I'm sure he can read. Can he read? (laughs) I'm not sure if I can read. I'm nervous as hell for tomorrow night's next chapter. Tammy, I'm not going to read it in advance. I don't want it to be rehearsed. I don't want it to be forced. It needs to be natural. If I can't read the words, then I can't read the words. Okay? You'll be fine, my friend. You'll be fine. We're we're supporting you. We're here to support you. Absolutely. I legit thought Sycamore was sophomore as well. It's okay. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what that was. <laughs> this, for people that don't know what we're talking about, we've started book club on a, on a Wednesday night before we do our watch along where we read a chapter of the One Tree Hill book, The Beginning, which was published in 2005. 
and it's kind of a it's kind of like a retelling of the pilot except there's more fictional aspects to it or things that well it's all fiction but things that didn't happen in the pilot so it's pretty cool uh so far we found out that Haiti worked at a restaurant called dog cart that did chili dogs so find out more tidbits and facts like that by joining our wednesday watch alongs uh okay yes lucas so um nicole tell us about lucas where where do we see him in this episode so we first see lucas um when he's with payton and jake um entering nathan's apartment um so i think it's just to give him sort of kind of like I don't want to say a safe house but I guess in some ways it is sort of somewhere for him to stay before he goes off to see the lawyer um if you guys wanted to fill in the blanks of that scene you can I just can't remember if there's much more to it um I think they kind of open the door and it's a bit um bit of a mess because Nathan sort of left the place in um but they've settled there and and Jake's really thankful for Lucas's help um and then we next see Luke at the dealership with Dan um, where Dan's saying, you know, you haven't like been out on the river court for a while. How about you take the day off? Um, Dan leaves for a meeting. Um, Lucas sort of pulls the blinds, sticks his head up in the ceiling, sees the bag of money um, and the ledger in the roof of his office. Um yeah, and then we go to him and Andy in the cafe having a chat about what he's seen, what he's found in the roof of Dan's office. And the chats with Andy and, and Lucas are great. Like, it's they sort of develop into their, mm-hmm. well, like a Sherlock Holmes, right? And uh, to <laughs> obviously we get all into that. Um, who is Sherlock Does Holmes? Is psychic? Watson. 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 Dr. Watson. I was going to say, does that mean Andy Watson? But you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like how I like how Andy is. I like when they go to go and get the ledger and and the uh, and the money, and they're at night and they've got their like flashlights and everything. It kind of it kind of reminds <laughs> me of like a Keenan and Kel episode <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Comments, thoughts on on that when they go. It's, it's, <laughs> I like it when they see the cardboard cut out of Dan. Like, yeah, sort of I love that part. <laughs> I, I, I can only question Andy um, and his, right, we've turned the alarm off. We're in the office. And then he goes, you sure there aren't any cameras? Like, why, why have we not thought ahead? Why have we not planned this a little bit better? You know, yeah. you had a private investigator for however long following Dan. And all of a sudden you walk into his dealership and go, wait a minute, he might have cameras. Like, where's the thought process here? Sort yourself out, man. And then, like, Lucas has to go, oh, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> but um, it, it's, uh, like, the whole tension that's built up around Lucas and, and Dan from this episode is is brilliant. That's that's mm-hmm. why that's why Dan is is a great villain, because he knows, he knows what's going on. He knows that Lucas knows. He knows what he's seen. He's had to get rid of it and move it because of, you know, for whatever reason, you know, Lucas has watched him shredding stuff. He knows, you know, he, he knows what's going on. He's put the camera up and he refers to it and says, you know, I'm watching you, you know, yeah. and it's just all these little things. And we know Lucas knows that he knows it's just, it's just horrible, <laughs> fantastic tension between them all. It's brilliant. Yeah. 
absolutely. Sorry, sorry, Mikiko. No, go on, go on. Um, yeah, I was just going to say I I love um, yeah the whole you know we know everyone knows but yeah pretty much everyone knows what's going on um, and I love the use of like the Sherlock that I'm not I can't I don't know what the story is but the just the use of that analogy we got Sherlock and Watson and who's the villain and um, and the delivery of that line when he's like I'm I'm watching you I'll be seeing you I just it's perfect I loved it it's great. Yeah, it's pretty hard to for anyone to ever deny Paul Johansson being mm. the perfect TV villain. Like he just hits it every single time, and uh, like the line of um, "Oh, but that he was the villain in in that story," and it's like, well, that's one interpretation. But even the way he says that is it's so calm i think calm is the best way to describe him so that's one interpretation and like dom said it's all calculated and, and he knows what's going on but he's not but it's so smooth it's not like you see the cogs turning it's like it's is so in control and the chemistry between paul johansson and chad michael murray is really good like they have a really good on-screen balance which uh, did you hear did you hear our conversation with Paul Johansson Nicole I did yeah and so what's crazy about that because he's I mean he kind of alluded to you know that they're friends and, and this that and the other but at times maybe they didn't get along so well because of Chad's like work ethic is what Paul said um but I mean that's all worth it because it, the finished product is mm-hmm. is this good like I think they have maybe one of the best on-screen chemistries or like for like going toe-to-toe for acting. So I think no one can take away that Chad Michael Murray is a really good actor, I think, considering his age and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Are you sort of saying that, that maybe that difference off-screen has sort of played into their chemistry on screen? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like maybe some of the tension has derived mm. into it, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so stacks of cash, like, and then it's like a lot, right? Then it's like bundles of like maybe what, 10, 20 grand, and it's like several bundles. Is it two bags mm-hmm. worth as well? It look like in there. Is there two bags in there? Cash. I think there's just one bag, but big bag. I yeah. thought you had two bags of cash stored up there. Maybe. But um, yeah, I, I can't help but feel he's some sort of money launderer <laughs> he's doing something it's like it just sort of says to people you know don't don't uh don't pay with your cash pay with this cash <laughs> is, that, is that what you think he's, is he, what do you think he's doing with the cash then dom you think it's something to do with the dealership or separate from the dealership i, I kind of hope it's um I, I don't hope it is but i've got a feeling it's all to frame deb <laughs> but it seems too elaborate it seems way too elaborate so there's got to be some sort of the ledger itself had so many entries in it that he's, he's been doing that for a while. So it's almost like he's taking a, a piece of his own pie and he's just storing it away. And he's, he's doing something that isn't necessarily above board. Um, but I'm not quite sure what that is, whether he's like fleecing people for like a bit of extra cash. I don't know, but I love loving and fleecing people. <laughs> yeah, because that's a British term as well. I, I was enjoying the. I really liked Andy's line where he said, uh, "There's only two reasons to 
hide cash is either because you don't want uncle sam to know you have it or you don't want him to know how you got it i thought that's a that's a really good line because mm-hmm. ta- mm-hmm. either, you're, either you're trying to avoid tax or you got it from illegal means and uh in this situation it could be either that, dan's the sort of guy that would go i was just holding it for someone else i've got a friend of mine who said hold the like watch these two big bags of cash for me and he'll be like okay and he'll just pass it on like give it back to them when they need it or something like that he's the sort of person that play it off as as harmful i was looking after something for a friend harmful i, I can't I'm not harmful i cannot wait for some of the uh dan stuff that we have to come like in this show i think there's just so amazing amazing moments to come like we're just getting started love it mm. <laughs> uh so lucas we said is with darby and anna he's with uh jake he's peyton uh and and then he's with brooke the Cinderella mm-hmm. of the of our story here, and he helps her with the chores. You know, anything for you. Uh, continuing those yeah. romantic sort of ongoings, um, which is really nice. It's, it's the first inkling that Brooke is catching on as well in this episode, when she mm-hmm. says, when he says, like anything for you, or something like something along those lines, and she kind of lights up, and it's like. Oh, okay. I'm, I I realize why he's he's like that with me now because he um, still likes me. I think that's the first sort of time she's clocked it. And is that what you're shipping, Dom? Are you wanting a Brooke and Lucas reunion? Mm, Brooke and Lucas. I'm still Team. not sure how I feel about Lucas. Brucus. <laughs> Team Brucus. Yeah, I, I don't see that being a, a bad combination. I think I think it would be okay. Again, it's one of those couples that I I'm not sure will last. And hopefully, like they've both learned from their previous bout <laughs> together. But I'm not sure um, if if Brooke will be like willing to go down that path, especially now the situation with Peyton and Jake, because it's all going to happen again. Peyton's going to need someone, and it's going to end up being Lucas, and it's going to it's going to be that trio of tension again. That's kind of how, what I see. But who do you, if you could choose, who do you want Lucas to end up with? What's end game? Deb. <laughs> no, not you. I said Lucas. <laughs> um, what, out, out of, out of the two or just out of if, anyone? Just, just, no, let's just pretend. Let's just say the end of the season, let's say, or, who would you, if the show ended in five episodes time, who would you want him to end up with out of Brooke and uh, Peyton? Uh, probably Brooke. Okay. And they were together in real life at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet that's awkward as hell. No. Oh, why not? Not if they're doing stuff together on screen. That should be normal, right? But when they're not together oh, oh you mean later I mean, oh, yeah boy. <laughs> oh boy yeah there's you just wait just wait <laughs> just wait um well, how did you feel nicole about you know brucus and Leighton? like did you have a, a a preference on your first watch 
Yes, I did have a preference. Um, I think I preferred Peyton and Lucas. Um, and I think it goes back to what Haley says in season one, something like tortured artist meets tortured. Oh, I can't remember how she, athlete or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. That was my preference. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Both ways make sense. Mm-hmm. Um well Lucas at the end as well, he swaps the shredding out as well. He takes uh Dan's shredding. Um is there anything else we need to touch on with Lucas? Because he kind of t- touches into other stories the way that we'll get to in more detail. There's only um, Andy asking him to move back when everything sort of goes wrong. And he says, no, he can't. And I think this is more, it, it allowed him that freedom to go and get the, the shredding out and stuff. I really hope that Lucas gives it to Andy and says, give this to your private investigator to put together. Not that he's going to be there with a bit of tweezers trying to put all these bits of paper back together, you know, or he's going to have a friend that's really good at jigsaws. Mouth, Mouth's good at jigsaws. He looks <laughs> like the type. Give it to Mouth. Can you get that sorted? Thanks very much. See you in a, see you in a week. Um, are, you, are you saying Mouth's the type? Because when everyone was out playing outside when they were a kid, he was inside playing with puzzles. Yeah, piano lessons, then jigsaws. <laughs> and then murder. <laughs> we started with his parents. <laughs> That's what he does. When they like the police find him with like dismembered body parts in the woods, he's like, it's the ultimate puzzle. I'm just trying to put the people back together. <laughs> oh god. Um, so I don't I don't really have much to add to Lucas, but I was wondering that comment about Cinderella that Lucas makes to Brooke if that was like a little like reference to the movie he was in with Hilary Duff that's all I was thinking of when I when I heard it yeah I, I've been told by several people that I need to watch Cinderella's story I you probably haven't heard it yet because it came out literally like a few hours ago but the pre the, ep, the previous episode which Dom is not allowed to listen to because it, even though he was featured on it for like half an hour or so it was incredibly spoiler heavy and uh but uh, Sophie, fellow Australian, with her bad movie that she loves was Cinderella Story, and I haven't seen it, so it's uh, it's on this elusive list. Did did you did you like that movie? Yeah, I did. I watched it a while ago. Actually, no, pretty actually, I watched it pretty recently. Yeah, I, I do like it. Yeah, I'd probably add it to the list. But then again, it's very much marketed to me. So yeah, it's up to you. And now Simon. <laughs> I think we Simon of later life. <laughs> this I can't I have no qualms. I mean, we made a whole podcast about it in saying that I like this stuff, you know. This Yeah. I like what I like. There's a good fifty cent line. He said, uh I am who I am. You can like it or love it. And I love that. Because you, yeah. we've only got two choices, and they're both positive. You can't dislike it. Only, only you in this world could mention watching whatever the film is with Chad Michael Murray, and then be like, "Oh yeah, there's a fifty cent line." <laughs> <laughs> only you could connect the dots there. <laughs> Tammy was saying she re-listened to our pilot episode, our very first episode, and was saying 
uh, that there's a line. I said something like, you said, how many seasons are there? And I was like, there's nine seasons. You were like nine. And I was like, yeah, 50 cent got shot nine times. There's a season for every bullet. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Dom, you need to go back and listen to our pilot. And then at some point, like to see how true any of your predictions were from the very first episode. They were spot on, right? <laughs> some of them were. I think some of them were. Yeah. Dom, some of your predictions are unreal. Like oh in a good way. Okay. Like I'm just like, how? How do you do it? But um, yeah, I'm impressed sometimes. Oh, thank and you. And then much. also partially annoyed because you're so good. So, you know, it's a balance. <laughs> Oh gosh, um, I feel a lot of pressure to uh, keep that keep that going now. Oh, no, that was a compliment, sort of backhanded, but it was a compliment. <laughs> well, thank you. It annoys me the most. Like, <laughs> I have to lead him down different paths or try to, like, I yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is good. It shows that you, uh, yeah, you have a good understanding of uh, writing and narratives and all of those things. Blah, blah, blah. Compliments to you. Don't want to do it. So. <laughs> uh, should we talk about Dan? Is that like a good transition? Because we've sort of spoken a lot about him already. The mm, Professor Moriarty yeah. of the episode of the right. whole show, to be fair. Has anyone, has either, has anyone read that? Uh, Nicole, you said you hadn't, right? I no. haven't. Dom, you're the type. You've read it, haven't you? Studied it. What did you do with it? What, read Sherlock Holmes? Did you read? Yes. No, I've not read any Sherlock. I might have read a Sherlock Holmes story at some point. I might have done when I was at school, yeah. A very did long time you know ago. who this Moriarty guy was? Yeah, yeah, of course. He's the main, like, Holmes's arch rival nemesis, isn't he? He's the main bad guy. I don't know. I haven't seen any of the Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, as we know, famously, I don't read. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I've seen the Disney animation uh, Basil the Great Mouse Detective and assumed it's kind of the same. Uh, yeah, except he's called Rattigan. He's <laughs> the baddie. <laughs> what a great movie. Come on, Nicole, have you yes. seen Basil the Great Mouse Detective? No, I was about to say, well, that's one step closer to, like, than what I have because I haven't read it and I also don't really read. I kind of wish I did just for conversations like this so I could actually kind of un- like the context of Sherlock Holmes and the arch nemesis and how it effect- like relates to the storyline. I mean, it's enough I can catch on enough, but no, I haven't seen that movie. Put it on the list. Here's some homework for you both. The Guy Ritchie <laughs> Sherlock films are actually not too bad. They're pretty good. Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law are in them if you just watch the first one first one's first one's pretty good the second one isn't too bad as well but yeah just just give it a go when you got five okay. when you got five minutes when you got two hours <laughs> five minutes five minutes turn off that dawson's creek shit in the mornings and watch Sherlock <laughs> first and foremost if people want to get involved simon podcast come watch we're getting it we're getting to it dom doesn't know dom dom's just now so diehard one tree hill he doesn't want to hear about any other shows doesn't want to hear about dawson and his creek no not interested in his creek <laughs> you'll be visiting it Tom, in 2025 i'm dragging you there i will forever call it one tree hill stuff like nothing to do with creeks and dawson and 
his silly friends. <laughs> that, that was the alternative <laughs> title. Dawson and his silly friends. <laughs> the W. Creep Dawson, silly mates. Go. His silly mate. Dawson and his silly little mates. <laughs> Messing about in a water, in a river. Fucking creek. Dawson, get in the ass. What is a creek? It's a fucking lake. <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. Is a lake like bigger? Like... I don't, no. I don't know. I always imagine creeks as like little, like streams of water, like going over rocks, like really, really small. It's and like, it's kind of one step up from a babbling brook. It goes babbling brook, <laughs> creek, river, ocean. Where's lake? Is lake like a river? Oh, you Lake's messed there. it up now. It's <laughs> bannering the works now. Sorry, let me go again. Pond, no, <laughs> puddle, pond creek no damn it puddle pond we've got to get this straight otherwise we'll never get there puddle pond babbling brook creek river no lake ocean cloud (laughs) yeah that makes sense because the cloud um, creates. Yeah, precipitation. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. That makes sense. Perfect. 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 I'm, I'm happy. Good. Cool. Okay. You're happy with it? I, I can let it, yeah, let it go now. Okay. Because I wondered I if you might... I didn't know we'd get so scientific today. I didn't realize... <laughs> that was science? I didn't realise we'd get so scientific <laughs> today, yeah. Ge- geographical. We, we, we go deep <laughs> in this podcast. We can, you know. Yeah. We need to have a whole segment on water. I enjoy the way you say water. Oh, really? Yeah, can you say it again? Water. Yeah. Dom, you say it? Water. You don't pronounce those T's. Don't try and be posh now. (laughs) All right. Water. (laughs) You can leave it out. I've got got, got a glass of water. (laughs) And then me, of course, in my American voice, say, can you pass me a glass of water? Water. 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 That's for you, mm-hmm. Americans. Glass water. of water. <laughs> Could someone pass me a, a, a Fiji water? Oh, God. <laughs> it's $11 um, for a Fiji? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I'm actually, I'm actually surprised, um, like, talking to you both, that I'm, like, not sounding more British or it in just a side note um i went on a um like a, a wine like cider and chocolate tour a few years ago and it was down like interstate um and there's this rivalry between like sydney and melbourne i don't know why but there just is and i was in melbourne and i got on the bus and the guy's like yeah my name's nicole he's like oh where are you from and i'm like sydney and i'm like oh here we go like just expecting some sort of uh kind of role or some smart remark and he goes oh I thought you were um actually thought you're English and I'm like really like I must have been I must have been particularly posh that day because I'm just like oh okay because I mean of course it's like in my background but like I don't sort of spend a lot of time with English people but I'm just like oh no cool Nice. Yeah, it was cute. Anyway, sorry, just a little sidebar. But I yeah. can I can hear that actually. Like like as in I can hear your Australian accent, but it's not like super thick. I could I could imagine if you were here in the UK, 
that people I don't think would know that necessarily unless you said things like like water like you just said (laughs) (laughs) yeah like certain words where I probably over I think us Australians are like over pronounce our A's and stuff like that like (laughs) you're like I don't know I can't think of a word now but yeah (laughs) Australia yeah (laughs) it's got it's got a lot of A's in it (laughs) it does doesn't it I'm just like Australia (laughs) Right, yeah. there you go. <laughs> what do you know look at that oh brilliant yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. my, my wife says that when i am in america that i start putting on like an american twang like not i'm not doing it on purpose but mm-hmm. she says that it, it just comes out and it drives her insane like um can you do it no, not on purpose uh but i think oh. it just sort of yeah uh, some of my words up. are americanized a little bit anyway mm-hmm. like um but <laughs> when we was in a drive-through once uh in america and they i don't think the person couldn't really understand what i was saying like uh some of the wordings so i just from then on every time i went up to a drive-through i would just be like oh hi yeah, can I have uh, a la- a large burger, uh, some fries, and <laughs> just put on the American accent? And they never had a problem. Though, potentially, <laughs> it's disrespectful. I don't know. Is that insulting? I'm not American, right. so I can't answer. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know. I thought it was a good accent, but, again, not, a, think, not American. <laughs> you're, going, <laughs> you're going to another country and you're using the language. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. You go to France. You you speak a bit of French, don't you? You go to America, speak a bit of American. It's okay. But as Ricky Gervais says, you go to France and uh, you don't need to speak French. You just speak English. And uh, if they don't understand you, then just speak louder and slower in English. <laughs> and if they still don't understand you, then just trash the place. <laughs> oh. Dom, can uh, we hear your American accent, Dom? If you uh, had to go through the drive-through, uh, what am I ordering? Just, Just anything? Like, what, what you ordered? Yeah, Big Mac, whatever. Hi, can I can I can I get a Big Mac and a and and a shake and some fries? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you nice. start high and you get deeper. <laughs> that's 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 how you do it. Hi, can I get a Big Mac? <laughs> I was expecting you to do a whitey voice. I'd rather when we go to Wilmington, yeah. I want you to order as whitey. There's an opening in my lineup <laughs> for a Big Mac. <laughs> for a Big Mac, go get me a Big Mac <laughs> now. <laughs> Where's my food? <laughs> in that first pilot episode, you 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 do him ordering a chicken chow mein. Oh, do I? <laughs> I? I need to go listen. I have no recollection of. Is you saying that Whitey could say anything and it would sound like wisdom and you could just oh, say, yeah, hey, I want the chicken chow mein. You'd be like, yeah. oh my God, you just changed my life. <laughs> That's so right. It's so true. Um, okay. Sorry. We do this. Uh, Dan, no, it's okay. Have we done Dan? Dan. Um, the perfect I, villain. He is the perfect villain. Um, I think we're... Yeah, I think we've done Dan. Where do we end? do we end with Dan um, with that whole Sherlock dialogue in the dealership? Is that the last of yeah. the season? 
I'll be yeah, seeing okay. you. I think that's the end of him. Yeah. yeah. I, but yeah. It's that, that really good moment between him and Lucas and, and, and him saying, um, oh, I picked out my favorite story. You know why I've picked that one out? Because basically Sherlock dies. <laughs> uh, he like gets thrown off a cliff or whatever. And um, Lucas is the one that then comes back and says, actually, you're, you're misinterpreting. He, he, takes Moriarty with him it's about sacrificing himself for others and that that is if that's not a big enough clue of yeah I'm coming for you Dan then then I don't know what is but but I think Dan knows Dan's Dan's a clever guy so yeah Mm. scary times I I don't know how the dynamic's gonna gonna go between them for now you know I'm kind of hoping Nathan moves back into the house um I think he likes his independence a little bit too much at the moment but I was kind of hoping that Nathan would move back into the house and it splits that dynamic a little bit and it'll be two versus one um and Deb's just getting high in the corner (laughs) um but I I just I think that whatever he took from the shredder has got to be Lucas's focus for the next episode um or you know where we next see him crop up and uh, I also think Keith, Keith didn't make an appearance in this one. So Keith mm-hmm. needs to appear probably drunk under a, you know, in the back of his car or something like that lying, you know, face down and someone's going to come and find him. And it'll be like a police officer, like our phone is, you know, Karen's listed as next to kin or something and getting to come and pick him up. And he's a right old mess covered in his own sick, that sort of thing. Hey, hey boozy so graphic. Yeah. <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> but but dan dan is um yeah he's still got all the cards and uh just the camera i think he's gonna use this the, the cameras in his in his office for bad he's never gonna use them for good is he so um but we we need to kind of find out where that money's come from but i think that will probably drag out over these two episodes Makes sense. Okay. Um, so we've got left, we've got Brooke, we've got Peyton and Jake and Whitey. We can throw him in there. Mm. And Karen we can throw in with Brooke. And I think I think that's it, isn't it? So I think we've got like two two directions then. So Nicole, would you rather go with the Jake and Peyton or would you rather go with the Brooke and Karen? let's go with the Brooke and Karen tell us about Brooke and Karen oh Brooke (laughs) um Brooke when did we first see Brooke um that's right in Lucas's room with Bevan I love Bevan (laughs) she walks in and she's like let's imagine this room except with Lucas in it um and of course she's inviting Brooke to a party um because she's concerned that she's been drifting since being the president of the United States, of course. <laughs> um, and there's a cheer intervention in place and it looks like Brooke decides to go to the party, um, I think, instead of work. And then we, we see her come home drunk, which I really, I thought that was great, um, drunk Brooke. Um, I don't know why it is, I like, I enjoy seeing the characters play drunk. I just, it's just, it's it's interesting. It's like, how much are you channeling you when you're drunk? Like, anyway. Mm. Mm. Um, and she just comes home. I think she tried to sort of sneak in, but it just didn't quite work. Um, she says, you know, she's been drifting. When Karen asks if she's actually been drinking, um, 
she apologizes, says that she lost track of time, um, so that she's actually spent the salary that Karen asks if she can return. Um, and Karen says that you're grounded, and Brooke's like, well, you're not my mum. Um, and Karen's like, well, you're my responsibility. Um, and I'm happy to stop there or I can keep going. No, mm-hmm. keep going. This is great. Keep going. <laughs> All right. Um, and then we flip to Brooke in well, Lucas's room, um, getting herself ready, putting on lip gloss. She's going out for a run and Karen's kind of like, oh, sort of going somewhere. Sorry. And then she says, I'm going out for a run. Um, and she said, well, you know, you're actually grounded. And so Brooke's like, so I can't like exercise like he sort of applies to exercise and she's like yep you can go to school and you can go to you can go to school and you can go to work um and Brooke seems pretty surprised that she's like well I don't have a job and she's like actually yes you do because you're gonna you know pay back the money that you owe me um and she's like Karen's like you know here's a list of chores because that's what Lucas usually does and Brooke's like oh okay so I just pick one off the list and she's like yeah then you pick another one and do the rest. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we see Brooke scrubbing the, mopping the floor with um with a sponge. Um, and Lucas offers to help her with the chores. But yeah, um, I quite liked Karen in this scene, like just playing sort of the mum and just Brooke's reaction to being like, oh, okay, so you're going to follow through with this then, this whole grounded threat, kind of, or not threat, but this whole grounded thing. So I thought it was interesting just seeing that dynamic play out and how she reacted to it. Um, and then later being, you know, seeing Bevan in the cafe um, when she's working and saying, hey, like, this is a Courtney Ryan party. Like, it's a can't miss. Like, you really can't miss it. And Karen's sort of looking on um, and sort of like, okay, yep, she hasn't learned a lesson. And then we see her washing up at the sink. Um, and we're like, actually, no, she has. So... It's almost like there's all this sort of character growth in like one episode for Brooke, like just sort of that learning the lesson and responsibilities and, yeah. Yeah, uh, incredibly well put. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. Um, and I think it's it's like Brooke needs Karen. She needs that structure and boundaries. And Karen yeah. is great at not treating her... Um, any different to how she would like treat Lucas, even though, you know, they're not related. Uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's a great story and a great dynamic. Uh, yeah. What did you think, Dom? Well, Karen back down too easily again. <laughs> <laughs> she made, Brooke made one right decision. It's like, Oh, you're not grounded now. Oh, okay. So I can go to that party after all. Brilliant. Just backing down. It's just, it's just a secret way of backing down. That's ridiculous. We're like, yeah, you're damn right. You're damn right. You 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 didn't go anywhere, and you you're gonna scrub this house, and then you, you're gonna continue to be grounded for another week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was a good dynamic between them. I thought Brooke saying, "Oh, it's like like having a real, you know, mom or like that sort of moment." It's like, oh, that's quite hard hitting, really. Actually, mm. that's quite an like impactful moment because you think, wow, she's she's had all of this stuff and it just kind of it again it plays the tune of money doesn't you know buy happiness and and actually being humble and hard working is is kind of a, a good way to live 
and just looking after others and being nice to other people. And it's almost like exactly like uh, Nicole said, she's had all of those moments in this episode. Um, she did have the, when she came back in drunk, she did have probably one of the best lines of the episode um, where <laughs> she says, apparently I've been drifting. And Karen's like, have you been drinking? She went, no, drifting. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> that was a really, really good moment. Um, I really enjoyed that. But um, yeah, their kind of scenes are, I'd, I'd said ages ago that we'd see a bit more of them because Karen and Brooke have already had, you know, some time when, when she was with Lucas and Lucas had his accident. And I thought, oh, maybe this will become a thing. And it never happened. And it's now happened here. And I'm like, oh, that's that's quite exciting because that, you know, we've got until whenever summer is for her to to have that time with Karen and and to learn that bit of like work ethic and bit of life from you know a, a hard-working single mum business owner kind of thing and that's that's a really good sort of perspective for Brooke to be getting I think at this stage of life yeah well put well put well <laughs> uh let's talk about Jake and Peyton I mean this ends up with Jake in prison Oh, that, that's we talk about scenes that annoy us that's up there the the last scene that jake is in just really wound me up in this episode you didn't what, like what? the hand glass touching oh that bit fine that bit is the bit before that when he goes to the when he goes to the police and he says um jake Zygalski, i'm you know handing myself in or whatever there's a warrant out for my arrest and then he's standing in front of a detective who's got his gun and his you know and his like holster thing you know man's packing heat and he's just like reading him his rights he's in handcuffs with two officers standing side by side he walked in quietly quite happily mm. off the street and said i'm giving myself in and they cuffed him i mean you sort of half expect to slam him down onto the desk <laughs> kick the crap out of him a little bit and chuck him in the cell it just it felt a little bit like overkill it, it didn't really need it he could have just had one of the officers going okay this is what's going to happen we'll read your rights and then even if they just showed him being put behind bars or in his orange jumpsuit you mm. know that's sort, that would have done it I, I didn't think we needed the whole yeah i've got a gun and i will use it kind of moment yeah that did stick out and i also thought would he be in prison is he old enough to go to prison would he not be in like juvie or something or in like a detention center because he's not he's a teenager he's not even he's not an adult yet there's only one way to find out is is ask Mm. any anyone any of our listeners to go and kidnap a child and and see what happens to them but only (laughs) uh, only if you're under 18 please yeah can we can we see what happens we're, we're very interested very interested but if you give the kid back you only it's only for like three months you you'll get it back again that's what's well that's what i've learned from one tree hill these are the teachings just as what? a little disclaimer please do not go and kidnap anyone we do not <laughs> condone the kidnapping or violence in any way thank you very much <laughs> it's it's kind it's all kind of crazy and uh like the Jake was kind of his obnoxious self when he had the meeting with the with the lawyer and he's sort of walking around the room and I it's I get it I get it where's Jake's parents why are they not involved in this why does he say I don't want them to be involved what why not I don't know I he says I think he says that when they walk into Nathan's apartment and he thanks Lucas and he's like I just don't want to get my parents involved I'm like why not? 
they're there's, adults. There's like Andy, <laughs> Andy's provided him with the dumbest lawyer possible as well. <laughs> He like, like... Uh, give your kid back and you go to prison for like three months <laughs> or you get her back in three months or whatever it's like oh. I can lose <laughs> really yeah, yeah. Well, what are we paying you for mate <laughs> we also get the scene of Whitey showing up at the apartment and Jake giving him the, the bottle of water like as if they're drinking like you know whiskey at a bar but it's you know bottles of uh... Whitey's just thinking I miss Keith <laughs> back in Keith's days this would have been a, a sip from a flask yeah I'd already be half cut <laughs> yeah. none of this hydration bullshit <laughs> but uh, Jake tells a story about how uh you know uh, nikki had jenny uh and she was passed out in the car and she was in the back and i couldn't even see her and she didn't even have a blanket on coach you know you know mm-hmm. this which is a heartbreaking story it's terrible i have to say though that nikki does have a right to see her daughter we have said this on i said we said this ages ago maybe it was even in season one that like a uh, supervised visitation you know something she has a right to see her daughter um you know this behavior doesn't mean it's acceptable but i think jake is being unreasonable that sh- that they she can't have access to her which apparently is not even jake's kid reactions dom i, I was i was shocked when that sort of came to light it's also like not really a surprise as well you kind of think that a skanky mess like nikki is going to do that sort of thing um (laughs) um but yeah it does beg the question that as jake never asked like so we've always used protection she's suddenly pregnant we're suddenly having a baby suddenly my baby but he's never asked the question i i I guess that shows that he's a a kind of mull of a man that will just accept that he, and that's his child and he will do his best for and by that child you know that's that's a nice thing but you know sometimes you gotta ask these questions haven't you Are you sure mm. it's mine because <laughs> i know what you like nikki <laughs> <laughs> that stench that stench stays in the room for a while <laughs> <laughs> yes well yeah. um, and that's kind of uh, Peyton tells Jake that she loves him at the end. Hilary Burton with some fantastic crying pain in her eyes, kind of, yeah. I'm desperately going to miss you. Don't do this. Don't leave me here. Kind of yeah. acting. It was, it was brilliant. What did you think of that, Nicole? Yeah. Agreed. She just does crying eyes, sad eyes really well. I don't know if it's just her eyes, like her outline shape of her eyes, or I don't know what it is, but yeah, she um she did the sort of that pleading, like you said, Don, please don't leave me. Um really, yeah, pretty much saying the same thing, yeah, really well. Um, and also I think sort of her interaction with um like Nikki on the porch as well. Sort of different sort of um yeah, like I guess it's more of almost like a pissed off patient, <laughs> like kind of kind of different, um, kind of in, stuck in sort of a position where she can't really do anything, and sort of Nikki's sort of holding all the power, um, and and yeah, just with the whole dropping the whole oh, not your not your child, it's kind of like why did you wait till now to say something like that if that's the case? Like you've had 
at least a season and a half. Um, if you, you know, and I agree with you, Simon. She does have a right to see a child. I mean, she's going about it like in a way that's kind of like you know kidnapping her from the shops and stuff like that. Probably not. Well, I mean, is it? I don't know. It's probably not technically kidnapping because it's her daughter, but um, but yeah just a couple of things I'm like hmm why now why are we bringing this stuff up now um mm. it may just be to build the story and add to like the, the effect and the drama but but yeah it's interesting <laughs> but Jenny is safe because Whitey has, is driving her somewhere mm. to an orphanage <laughs> <laughs> orphanage attached to to Anna's boarding school <laughs> This will sort you out good, kid. (laughs) (laughs) What is there anything else we want to say about Jake, Peyton, or any of the other characters before we head towards Judgment Land? Peyton's just going to be a bit mopey for for a little while. She's, you know, they've both said they love each other, which is nice. And is this going to be a I'll wait for you kind of moment? I'm kind of hoping that jake gets out of this situation and is just allowed to to function again but i'm not sure uh this this might be a peyton goes to visit him for a while and he's got bruises on his face or something like that because you know the other kids in juvie or the other inmates don't like him because he's you know i don't know i don't know kidnapped a kid or something like that (laughs) you know that's 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 how they're gonna read it so um i'm not sure not sure I'd really, I'd, I'd be disappointed with a long prison story. I think he needs to. Mm-hmm. It all needs to be like, okay, she's got Jenny. She, she needs to. There, but uh, Whitey's involvement, you know, makes him an accessory now. So, hopefully, nothing mm-hmm. too bad happens there. Whitey in prison is the kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> Just running this, running yeah. this joint. Yeah, he'll protect Jake. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other parts nicole um no they're just sort of a random thought going back to um when nathan turns up at the bar and asks um taylor for the gin and tonic i just had whitey's voice in my head from like two episodes ago saying his id is fake <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah where's whitey just in like a voiceover or just something to step in and be like no taylor like you should know how young he is <laughs> but no i don't have anything else um, love, love that this episode. yeah okay so before we go into judgment land if you enjoyed this episode and how could you not then please help us out with a rating review uh subscribing ravenshoops.net for our patreon why dom because basketballs go through oops and Nicole, they also go through nets. Ravenshoops.net for all of your One Tree Hill entertainment needs. So, performer, Nicole, who was your favorite performer of this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it to Brian Greenberg. Mm. Like it was a very Jake heavy um, episode. So, yeah, it's going to go to Brian Greenberg for me. Excellent. And Dom? I'm also giving it to Brian Greenberg. I thought we we actually saw a lot more characterization and, and a, a decent performance out of out of him and, and Jake in this episode. 
Oh, what about you, Simon? Let's make it a full house. I will also go with Brian Greenberg. Boom. Nice. I also appreciate how he looked a lot like in this episode, uh, Joey's roommate from Friends that see your pals. Um, <laughs> you know, like, my fish. Yeah. My fish is your guy from Saving Private Ryan, Tom Mellish. That's, right? that's my man, my man. <laughs> uh, what about your favorite character, Nicole? Uh, my favorite character was Emma. Um, I kind of felt she, I suppose, just because it's sort of her character brought up the most important issues around identity and sort of acceptance. And um, and like I sort of mentioned earlier, I feel like that links pretty strongly with the show's premise, um, the sort of theme. Um, yeah, I think it helps sort of to move her story along, obviously, and her story ended um, and showed really nice character development at the same time. Excellent. And Dom? Uh, mine's Dan this week. It was very close to being Lucas, um, but I decided that Dan just slightly edged it for me. He's just he's just a great villain. And the fact that he he knows what's going on, he knows that Lucas has gone up into the, the ceiling and, and checked stuff out, and he knows that he's trying to catch him out somehow. But he just keeps playing the game because, you know, he's he's confident in his own ability and, and that much confidence and ego is going to catch up to him one day. And he's it's gonna it's gonna trip him up, but um just not sure when. But yeah, it goes to Dan for me. And uh, what about yours, Simon? Well, mine is re- I'm really split between Anna and Dan actually, uh, because <laughs> for both of the same reasons that you both said. I think I'm gonna go with Anna, I think, just because you know it was got Dana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She sort of she overcame so much and it was a nice end to her story. So yeah. What about your favourite background performer, Nicole? Uh, depends. Does my background performer have to have a pulse? No. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, it would be the cardboard cutout of Dan would be my favourite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's <Excellent>. good. <laughs> I like that. That's, I would love that as a prop, by the way. If that exists mm. somewhere, someone let me know, please. Put it in the back of that Honda Civic and drive it down. <laughs> down <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dom, I reckon ours is going to be the same. I can already tell. Go on. Well, you're going to pick the girls on the bar because, you know, that's the sort of guy you are. Um, <laughs> no, I'm rhyme. kidding. <laughs> they did rhyme as well, yeah. Uh, no, I'm only kidding. Uh, I'm actually going to pick one of the police officers that was holding Jake near the end. Um I'm not going to pick the detective because I think he had more than one line. Because he's recept- reading the guy that was on reception. Uh, no, or no, I was actually going to pick one of the. I, I thought about him as well, but I was actually going to pick one of the guys that um, kind of shoves Jake away when he's in handcuffs. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I go for one of them. I'm okay. guessing yours is the guy on reception. Yeah, the guy who's like, yeah, he says one line. I can't remember what he says, but. It's like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, I'm Jake Jagowski. There's a warrant for my arrest. <laughs> arrest me. <laughs> I would take a Big Mac and a large fries. <laughs> uh, okay, Nicole, what was your favourite line of the episode? Um, I liked um, the line Whitey says to, I think it's Lucas and Peyton, hey there, Bonnie and Clyde. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> Um, but I think like I guess on like a more serious note, the one that I'm like Taylor says to to Nathan in the last scene. Um, I really like that line. About just around um like 
yeah, being there for you if she's if Haley's not going to be there, you've got to be there for yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's a great line. And Dom, uh, I didn't go for poignant, hard hitting uh, lines this week. <laughs> I, I really like the lines between uh, Karen and Brooke that I mentioned earlier, but my favourite has got to be Peyton to Nikki when she says, "Now, why, why is it the garbage men always forget to pick up the white trash?" I thought that was such a good line. I was like, "Yes, that is in." Writing that one down. I, what about you? <laughs> I wrote, I wrote that one down as well. But I wrote a couple. I wrote that one. I wrote. You do know he was the villain. That's one interpretation. Uh, but I'm going to choose. Try not go. Try not to go dancing on any bars. I won't if you won't. I like that one. I also just have to quickly add that uh, I didn't. I don't understand why Nikki came into the house when they were had the warrant, like to search Peyton's house. Surely police can go in, but surely Nikki can't just go in. Like it's not just a free for all, right? <laughs> Uh, what I really liked about that scene as well is that I I'd imagined that they just handed her a leaflet to like a Chinese takeaway because <laughs> it looked exactly like that sort of pamphlet. I, I thought, oh, that'd be it. brilliant. It's just here, have this. And she's just reading what she's going to have, you know, she's going to have the same chow mein as, yeah, as white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what about your favourite song, Nicole? Um, I'm going to go with the one at the end um, by Vanessa Carlton, Who's to Say? Nice, that is a good one. Mm-hmm. Dom? It has to be The Devil Went Down to Georgia by uh, Charlie Daniels that was played in the bar a couple of times. Yeah, uh, is, what, is that, what's the one where they're dancing on the bar? Yeah, that's The Devil that Went Down to Georgia, yeah. Yeah, I choose that one. I like that nice. one. You know, <laughs> everyone knows me dancing on bars is what I do. Um, <laughs> okay, and then last but not least, the precious, precious rating... So you know how this goes. Nicole, did you have a number before we started recording? Yes. Did it increase, decrease throughout the conversation? No. Dom, same questions? Uh, had a number. It's the same number. As did I. <laughs> and as do I. So I think, I think all three of us are going to be different on this, by the way. Ooh. I think so too. <laughs> I really think all three of us can be different. I think oh, right. This is the order. I think it's going to be from lowest to highest. It'd be me, Simon, Nicole. Ooh. That's what I'm going for. That's my prediction. <laughs> okay, we'll see. After three, one, two, three, seven. Six. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you got it. You got it. All oh, right, my job here is done. <laughs> well. Let's uh, <laughs> let's start. Where should we start? Do you want to start with? Should we start with the highest or the lowest? Dom, let's start with you. Why? Why was it a six? And how can you convince Nicole to come down and me to come down? I don't think I'd be able to convince Nicole to come down from the heavy heights of nine. Um, I wasn't expecting a nine at all. I thought it would be six, seven, eight. Um, but that's fair enough. There, there are some really, really good messages in this episode, and the really good messages saved it from being a five. I thought some of um, some of the sort of it just felt like pure filler again. And we've talked about filler episodes before, but this is the episode to get us onto kind of stronger or better episodes. It's kind of how it felt for me. And there's just moments that didn't need to happen, like Jake in cuffs, you know, with this officer. And there's there's a couple of others throughout that just sort of 
didn't really make much sense to me. So yeah, it just did, it didn't feel like there's some definite eights and nines and some really good sevens that we've we've hit in this season. But this felt like a slightly weaker episode compared to the rest for me. So that's why I picked six. Okay, and Nicole, your reasons for a nine? I guess it's probably the polar opposite, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I guess makes sense because it's polar opposites of the rating scale. But um, I think it's I feel like the 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 important messages. Uh, I guess just for me, it's it seems really reflective of sort of the show overall, not specifically around sexuality, but just like in general around like your identity and that that's sort of the whole purpose almost of adolescence is sort of figuring out who you are and where you fit and being comfortable and okay with that. And even if you're not comfortable, still sort of going out into the world. So she's going back to boarding school where she felt really uncomfortable and really isolated, um, but overcoming that. I know it's very sort of soft and sentimental, um, but, yeah, I suppose that. Um, I thought there was some good sort of funny bits, like probably not as funny as other episodes, um, but yeah, I also really liked the use of the literature and the dialogue as well. Um, and just Paul Johansson's acting in those moments, those scenes as well, sort of brought it up for me. But, um, I think also because it does sort of, it's that episode that is leading to more, I feel like it sets the groundwork for it as well, even though there isn't a lot of, I guess, action and big sort of cliffhanger moments, um, it sort of puts in the work sort of to lead to what's to come so yeah that's why I sort of went with a nine nice and I I kind of well I was almost in the middle but in you know with a seven because I kind of see both of the points from both of you like I see I would have rated it I don't like the stuff at the bar I have to just say I it's not particularly because of the coyote ugly side of things i enjoy when one tree hill goes into these little pockets of you know sort of weird weird pathways i like it i just don't like i don't like the taylor side of it like i think it it could have been done without it being so like salacious i guess uh but i would be willing to I'd be willing to go to an eight to a compromise. So I could get, I could meet you at an eight, Nicole, if you'd be willing to go down one. But the real question here mm. is, could we get Dom up to an eight? Because we have to all agree. Yeah. I'd, I'd be more inclined to push to a seven on the back of, you know, Nicole's explanation as well and putting things into consideration, but I don't think I could either reach a nine or an eight. Well, but Nicole is our guest, so you can't. You can't. <laughs> Sometimes the guest isn't always right. <laughs> well, Nicole, how are you feeling? Would you feel horribly insulted and leave us a one-star review if it were if you were to go down? Like seven is too low for you. How you do can't you put emotional blackmail on me. That's. <laughs> um, I have watched it several times since. Um, so. I think also I too don't, I didn't really like the Taylor storyline because it was kind of a bit, I'm like, what are you trying to do? Like, are you just trying to sort of like prove that Nathan isn't going to be season one Nathan all over again? Um, like, what is what is the purpose here? Um, it wouldn't be super insulting if I came. Oh, it is just because 
more so just personality. <laughs> Not because I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know, dropping to a seven. But, um, but no, no, let's I fight him on it. Him. Nicole, let's fight him on it. Fuck him. No, that's come on. <laughs> eight. Don, we're going for an eight. It's an eight, this one. This is an eight. Nicole thinks it's an eight, actually a nine. I think it's an eight, <laughs> actually a seven. But we're deciding we're <laughs> going with an eight. But, yeah, I'd go with an eight. I'll go with an eight. There's two of us, Dom. You go with an eight. Two wrongs don't make a right, do they? Two wrongs make an eight. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can stretch to an eight. I'm not sure it was eight worthy. It was. It's it's, it's definitely seven. The Anna Anna stuff was was perfect. She had a perfect end. Felix Darby Darby was better than. Yeah, not many characters get a perfect end. No, and she did. And also, there's no Felix. No Felix. No Felix at all. <laughs> That's a very good point. That is a very good point. It should be a 10 for no Felix. Um, mm-hmm. And Brick stuff was really good. The Karen stuff was really good. The, the Dan, the Lucas. We got Dan saying some of his best work in season two here. Uh, it's some really good stuff, memorable stuff. We, we had Nathan's awkward dancing on the on the bar. That was fun. I think this is an eight. I think let's agree on an eight. Okay, you've convinced me. And that sounds catchy too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've convinced me. I think I think I agree with you. I think the the all the factors there the 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 whitey involvement of of kidnapping the the Dan just being the the most you know brilliant villain you could you get on TV. Um, Brooke's story is great. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm willing to meet you at an eight. I will not exceed an eight. Hooray. Well, yeah, and you know that you know that Whitey was eating some cashews on that road trip. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's probably drinking. <laughs> God. The next episode is gonna open with that car in a ditch. <laughs> next next episode is gonna open up with Whitey flat out at the wheel, the windows all frosted, Jenny's freezing in the back. <laughs> and Jake going, I told you. <laughs> And you've got Keith and Whitey just having frosties. Yeah, out, out, just leaning against the car, just sitting on the sitting on the um bonnet, just having some frosties. Keith just just going, Who's just the kid? Who's just the kid? Whitey going, what kid? Yeah. <laughs> There's a kid in the back. <laughs> well, we are officially calling this one an eight. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. We've really enjoyed this. Thank you for all of your time. Uh, and we look forward to doing it again next season. Uh, Dom, lead us in our Ravens. Regular voices this week. Okay, Ravens on three. One, two, three. Ravens! Ravens! Ravens. <laughs>